Hi and welcome. My name is Josh Stone and welcome to another episode of the Ignite podcast. The Ignite podcast is dedicated purely to the engineering and construction industry. Join me as I interview serious change makers, leaders and business owners who are creating significant shifts in the industry, leading inspired teams, running successful businesses and in general, making big things happen. As the old saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. This podcast is all about bringing like-minded change makers, leaders, and business owners in the engineering and construction industry together to share their stories, their strategies, their ideas, and their mindset on what's working for them right now in order to help you learn from the best to implement and to grow as well. Now, if you'd like some help growing yourself, your team, or your business even faster, head over to my website, www.coachignite.com for more resources or book in a call and we'll map out a plan together for you to move forward with confidence. In the meantime, hit the subscribe button so you get notified about future episodes. Sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Ignite podcast. Uh, Today I've been joined by Michael Berger. Mate, welcome to the call. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Um, glad to be on it. Steve company, I understand. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Um, mate, so tell us a bit about you, your journey so far. Yeah, look, I, I suppose for it, I was Sunshine Coast, Brisbane, with no university on the Sunshine Coast back in those days, mate. Uh, but there was colour TV. Um, I did a Bachelor of Business and, um, and, 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 and then took the well-worn path to the... Uh, the the smoggy lights of London, and the uh, and really, I, I turned up there and uh, with a degree and a few years' experience uh, in Australia. But uh, and some of my mates were engineers, and they actually they were all working at a recruitment agency in London called Anders Elite. They'd gone there to get jobs as engineers, but then they they were convinced to become recruiters. Um, and that was look, that was a great experience. I obviously got a job there and. You know, with no recruitment experience, and yeah, that was the greatest experience of my life because we were we were in London. There was about eighty people in the office. Um, Sixty were antipodeans. Uh, we were all in our twenties and uh, and recruiting. You know, in, in the engineering sector in London. So, uh, you know, from no, you know, with a with a bachelor of business in hand, not knowing what I want to do, it was a perfect match for me. And and yeah, and that was sort of in the early two thousand. So I'm still. Yeah, good, mate. And what made you like dive into that industry in the first place? Yeah, look, it was passion it was not, for it. Look, it was an opportunity thing. They were working there; they were having a fantastic time. Um, really, look, it was better paying than a pub job in London, or you know, like uh, they seemed to be doing well. Um, so I, I joined them, and then I just realised quite quickly that it was the perfect match for me. Like you are dealing with people. Um, we were dealing with the team I was in was all London Underground, so we were on the panels to service them for all their uh, engineering resources. And you were dealing with, yeah, pretty, you know, high-powered clients, uh, demanding, but probably the best. And there was elements of business. We would negotiate, obviously, with the individuals, with the companies. And I just thought it tied in nicely um, to who I was and what I liked, you know, all the different characters you need. And the thing with in London, it was heavily contract driven. So everyone was on hourly rate. Uh, 
they were, um, you know, they were either working on some new tube lines or so they worked, the, they worked actually for the individual before the company. So they would refer to me as their, well, you know, in, not so much employer, but we, we were the ones that got them the jobs, their next job. So you really built a really good community. Um, and that, that, that was really important. And, you know, some of those contractors that I had are still, you know, we're still in contact today um, because they trusted you to be the, the eyes and ears of the industry. And that was a really, you know, important thing. And you took ownership over that. Um, yeah, good. We treated it really seriously. So, yeah, developed a really good community of, um, of engineers in the sector that I was looking after. So, yeah. Um, so that was where it started, and yeah, and that was you know, and then the rest, um, you know, back to back to Brisbane, and continued um, you know, with the business here in Brisbane, managing that, and we we built that up from a it was one employee, we ended up with about ten uh, employees, and had over a hundred contractors in Brisbane. Yeah, wow. That was, that was during that sort of the CSG, that coal seam gas sort of period. So. Um, yeah, and then obviously started my own business in 2015. Yeah, mate, I saw that. That's mm. you must, you know, you're coming up. What's that? Six years, seven know, years? Well, maybe even. Yeah, how's that going? Mate, it's uh, yeah. Look, it's uh, yeah, six, seven years. It's uh, yeah. Well, look, I think once you get in, a, in any business, once you get over my my journey was once you get over 18 months, um, you you can never go back to being an employee. It was. It was sort of, it was that point where the, what it gives you as far as freedom and the ability to, to write your own script, to, you know, it's, you know, to think, to go back to work, to some, work for someone on an employee relationship, where you just, it, it's, it, it would, you do everything to fight, not, not, not oh, to say that, that clear. Yeah, not to like, it's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I think just on my journey that what gave me was that, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, to write, to do everything how you wanted to do it. So certainly the first 18 months and, and two years and, you know, this constant challenges. Yeah. So it, it, and it's more of a confidence thing, I think, in the early days. Can I do this? Is this going to actually, am I going to survive? Uh, and, and, and then I think your confidence says, well, we're actually, I have still got this far. Someone is actually paying me for this. Um, and they're kind of repeat customers. So it's like, geez, um, this is serious, but yeah, certainly the first two years, mate. I remember walking around the city at lunch. You sort of look at people, going, oh, they're they're so happy they get paid every month. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to go back to that lifestyle. Yeah, they they can do they are nine to five. They get paid on the same day. Oh, wow, what a concept! Yeah, mate. I often say to my coaching clients who are, who are business owners or you know directors or shareholders that you know the business owner space um, is the you know the world's biggest uh, personal development program you could ask for. So um, yeah, mate, it's crazy. So what have been some of your what have some of, some of your highs in terms of you know your business career to date? Yeah, look, I, I think when I started the business, I had a pretty clear uh, idea. Like I, up until that point, the first fourteen years was dealing with pretty large organisations um, in London and and with the business um, that I ran when I came back. So. BHPs, the QDCs, all these big clients. And I, I know when I started as one man in a room, like you can't, you can't work with those clients. And not, and, and I didn't actually want to sort of go into that space. So I had a pretty clear idea of sort of working with SMEs, 
you know, medium-sized businesses um, and dealing with the owners and directors of those businesses who are really passionately in tune with where they want to go. And if, if you can form a partnership with that on the same wavelength, like, you can only win, I think, with, with the approach that, that certainly I have to those, like I said, with the contractors in London, it was always long-term relationships, like long game. I'm not, a lot of recruiters in that industry can be very transactional, sending CVs around, quick wins, but you know, that wasn't what I was about. So the target was to get, with, with clients that you can eyeball the owners and just like, and, and be, the, be that trusted advisor. And that was the satisfaction I got out of it. So um, dealing with large companies, it clearly was a little, you know, it was a lot of waste. And I'd look back at the times that we were on these big panels and yeah, it was, just wasn't efficient. So um, I was clear with that and that's evolved. And like you said, self-development, like that evolves right now. I mean, we, we're about to do our first sort of, you know, we're sort of taking the recruitment piece uh, into the marketing world and assisting the clients with employing, you know, video content, you know, right. really to really uh, shine a light on what, what, what makes them special. And so we're about to do that in the next few weeks with videographer with one of our clients and really dive into some of their, their employees' real success stories. And I think that's... That's the, that's the crux of why someone wants to join somewhere. It's, uh, you know, the ad on Seek and that generic copy that, you know, you've seen in, in this market now, you've seen it. Yeah, there's a lot. Oh, yeah. Seek are doing real well. <laughs> um, so it's just trying to modernise what companies are doing, what, how they're going to reach out to people. And, you know, and that's part of the involvement of, involvement of what we're doing now yeah. with different clients and, and that long-term game. So, madam, I, I'm keen to continue that thread of conversation and what you're doing with clients and, you know, sort of recommendations and, I guess, advice to companies that are recruiting in this market. Um, but I, I want to park that and come back yeah. to something something that you said because I'm curious to just hone in on you and your business journey, um, which is uh, you said something that really resonates with me and I talk to my clients a lot about it, which is it's like playing the long game and having that strategic plan in place for where you want to go and have that is, is kind of like I refer to it with my clients as your North Star in terms of that sort of um, this is where I'm going. I know it's going to take me two to three to, to five years, but I know if I stick to my game plan that it will work out for me. And if I take consistent action on a daily basis towards that, I know I'll get there um, versus that sort of short-term um, quick win kind of mentality. I mean, tell me a bit more about that and why that's so important for you to play that longer game as opposed to the quick wins. Yeah, look, I think it, like right now in this market now, you could go out and get, and look, we've had heaps of inquiries this year and, and obviously late last year from clients I've never, I've never spoken to, calling in, you know, we want you to do work with us, you know, and you, you do get caught by the shiny lights and, and maybe follow a few of those up and find out what it is. But, but all, you, all you're doing is just uh, spreading yourself dinner to service those ones that stood by you in the first, you know, the very first client we've got is, is you know, we run all their recruitment. So, um, and, and I, I think you, you just got to stick with that, like, if I'm spreading the net, and look, that's obviously adding staff in my team and we can possibly follow some of those up, but really it, it's led to 
not getting the great results for the ones that have trusted. So I think that's, uh, look, as far as strategic planning and look, a North Star, you know, I've got some strong ideas, I've got a business advisor, but look, I think it's just staying present in the current moment and what we've got to deal with and trying to really satisfy and make those current customers that have really stood by you super happy that they're never going to actually even conceive looking anywhere else. So um, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, there's a lot of shining lights uh, out there to go and chase, but you've got to be disciplined that, uh, yeah, just to, uh, you know, that'll come, right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. And I, yeah. I'm glad you brought up that that word, which is discipline, which is, um, you know, the – and. So it's important to have that longer-term vision, where am I going and, and my why in terms of, like, why is that important to me? Why does that get me excited? Why is, um, you know, why do I get out of bed every morning? But then to have that discipline every day to take that consistent action towards that North Star or what yes. you're trying to create is really – it's a really challenging um, place to be because you get – um, knocked off, you get pushed sideways, you get a, a, a bright and shiny opportunity that presents itself. And yeah. do you do you use that sort of north status to to make decisions in terms of where where you're taking things? Like if you've got a big business decision or a <laughs> a bright and shiny comes your way, do you use that sort of north star to help you reorientate yourself and answer the question about which way do I go here? Yeah, definitely, mate. And you just learn by you've got to learn by mistakes, yeah. Like. And last year was a perfect example. I went off and you're flattered by getting a call from someone that maybe was referred. And look, you clearly, you know, you're professional. And I'll talk to the clients, the, the ones that approach you that maybe um, and be professional about it. But yeah, you, I think I learned the lesson that, yeah, as I said, you just, you chase something else and then trusted a client that that's put all this effort into you and, you, you start to fall down in that area and then you're trying to say, so I learned the lesson last year that I'll, I'll talk to the clients and try to advise them, but I'll just be upfront with them that we're flat out at the moment and we can't, we're not going to be able to satisfy what they're looking for us to do to the best of our ability. If you're happy, you know, set some parameters around it. And, and I think people that, in engineering, I think people are pretty down to earth. A lot of the clients in construction engineering, that if you're straight up with them, they're busy people, they're, they're going to respect that. And maybe at a later date, when there is more capacity, you know, they would they would take your call or they would uh, respect you looking to catch up with them, right? Yes. So, yep. But, yeah, keeping that sort of North Star about, you know, servicing those clients. And it's an it's this age-old saying in business, isn't it, where you can grow what your existing clients and, the, you know, the, the future growth that you're staring at right now. Yep. And as and they as they grow, look, recruitment's the great correlation between getting the great people and you know, they grow uh and and, and you grow with them. So um that's that's what I sort of try to remind myself of. But look, if I can put on some extra staff internally, you know, we're gonna do that uh to 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 create more ground and service more ground, that's what I'm actually doing right now. So Yeah, mate, that's um, awesome. But it's sort of like you can uh, the other thing, and I, suppose, I don't know if this is like you, you've got to run your own race. Like you can look at all these examples, and I think I learned this over the, the you know the seven years. Is you look at some guy that you worked with, or girl, or, and they're flying. They've got thirty people, and they they open a new office with a you know big shining light that spins around or something. Uh, 
and you think, gee, they've done well, what the hell am I doing? You know, I'm here with my two staff and, uh, but I don't know, everyone's on their own journey. I just, you can't, it's, I think that's inspirational and you can, if that motivates you, yeah, yeah, look at that, that, uh, you know, you, you, everyone's on their own journey. So don't, don't, don't beat yourself up that you haven't got the, um, the, the fluoro sign and, you know, and the new buildings and stuff, you know? And the light that spins. Yeah, you've got to have light spins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's on the order, is it? Yeah, I do, mate. Like, I think, um, you know, what you're highlighting is that sort of saying that, you know, comparison is a thief of of joy, which is really, um, and I'm glad you raised that because everyone um, everyone does look externally to, um, and this is, you know, whether you're in a leadership role, whether you're a business owner, um, everyone's so different and everyone has so many different uh, priorities and what brings them joy and what motivates them and what demotivates them. I think if we spend so much time looking externally at other people, um, looking at their accolades and their sort yeah. of Facebook or social media reel, we can very quickly get very down and flat about ourselves and, oh, I'm not there yet. Yes. Um, and I think it's a timely reminder, particularly at the moment, where, you know, run your own race, stop, do some, do some uh, reflection work and actually work out what's important to you and, you um, then have that as your North Star and let that. So once you're really clear on what's important to you, not the dude you worked with 10 years ago who's got 30 staff and a, and a twisty light in, the, in their hallway, what's yeah. important to you and what motivates you and what does, a, um, you know, what does a great life look like for you in three to five years and let that fuel you um, as opposed to, you know, trying to catch up to somebody else. So I think you're right. And look, you may want a 10-person business, but look, think get that North Star or what you're referring to, yeah, you work towards that and then things happen organically, right? I mean, you know, you do hire someone, you, you may have intentions to have an 8, 12, 15-person business and lifestyle, like you said, that suits you and the family. You may acquire some staff that actually look to grow that further and that's, you know, that was never part of the plan, but, I mean, you're going to go, you'll go on that journey if, it, if it's presented and it's presented in the right fashion, I suppose. So um, I suppose you have a, have a bit of a, a goal, a bit of an idea, but then, you know, be prepared to change and adapt because it could go, you know, it could go in a different direction entirely. So that's having a bit of, you know, you've got the reins, but you can sort of let them sort of loose at, at times and see where it goes. And I think that like employees and that, that's what they want, right? A, a bit of free reign, not everyone, but I think. Yeah. That's, that's certainly the, you know, we get a lot of candidates coming to us and we're wanting to leave businesses for that reason because they're held too tight, they can't explore opportunities that are staring them in the face uh, and that business won't support them. It's not against, it's against the grain, but yeah, I think if, you know, strategic planning is good, but a little bit of fuzz on the side where you can go and, and pivot it. Someone in your in business spotted uh, an opportunity by all means. They're the right person, though. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, I want to get your take on the current market. Like, what do you think's happening at the moment? Like, I mean, I'll let I'll let you I'll let you say it in your own words. But like, what's your state? Of, what's your take on the current market? And where do you think things are going over the next sort of twelve to eighteen months? God, it's a uh, it's. I suppose if any industries have done well out of COVID, and I suppose the whole talent industry has definitely uh, increased uh, on the back of it. So um, we, we're getting, look, yeah, crystal ball, have you got one? 
You got one there, Josh? <laughs> no, I <laughs> But look, I, I suppose if you look at it from a, an individual company point of view that's in this sector, um, there's buoyant opportunities. I don't look, most of the clients there, we deal with it from whether it's mining, geotech, uh, TMR space, it's all the, the urban sector is, is going crazy. So they're all busy. So the talent, the talent problem is is clearly being discussed in board meetings on a, on a monthly basis, weekly basis at management level. So, um, and look, you pay the price for the, the times when it was quieter and, you know, and and I suppose that's the tier one model is, you know, from my perspective, they hire recruitment teams when it's busy. Like you get, I get seek alerts for recruitment advisors. And I think uh, during that 2020, there was like no ads for any, but then the trickle started coming and, and there's, there's ads from every walk of life, every type of business you can imagine looking for talent acquisition stuff. But um this is the problem. You're right. You know, talent goes up and down, but that's not. If you're a business SME, medium size, large, like it should be. A, yeah, there's going to be ups clearly, but if if you're consistent with your approach over the whole time, with about recruiting, acquiring talent, talking to talent, even when you don't even need anyone, your managers should have have something in their KPIs that they're actually engaging people about their careers, future talent, what they're going to do with themselves. Because, yeah, because you can't just ride like that. It's just, it, it doesn't work. Because when you need someone, everyone, like this market now, everyone's chasing everyone. So, but if you were chipping away over the last few years and kept good records, whether that's, you know, an official database, being on the size of your business, you've got people to follow up with and people to call and and relationships, uh, look, the good people are working, they're occupied, they've got their head down, they're potentially getting a pay rise from their current employer now because they're valued, or they got it six months ago because they knew they were going to get poached. Uh, um, so those little relationships uh, need to be consistent. Yeah, consistent yep. through the whole time. And it depends on the size of your business, whether you hire lots of recruiters internally or or you're managing that with your with your staff or your managers, but I'd just say keep consistent. And then you've got to that that. And I'm, I say to my clients, like you're hunting for certain sectors. Like we we talked about the urban sector with civil engineering or 12D designers. Like you're hunting in a in a frenzied pool that's red and there's sharks floating around everywhere. Um, the graduate, you've got to bring in some, you've got to be looking at bringing in that, that, that fresh, uh, there's fresh people. Yes, that takes training and time, but there's nothing better than an employer that's been trained and ingrained in the way you do things. Um, you've got to be, you know, that's as consistent as that recruitment process I, I talked about, level, bring in, depending on your size, you're one graduate a year, you're three, you're five, it's a bit ambiguous, but I think that's uh, you, you just got to be doing that. Yeah, mate. Um, hundred percent. Like, I think. Yep. Yeah, so I just want to come back to yeah mm-hmm. something you said. Like in terms of so you know the clients that you're talking to at the moment who are like you know talking to you every Sunday saying we need staff we yeah. need staff are they what's their view or like you'd be talking to heaps of people in the market um, across different sectors I appreciate that but what's the yeah. general sentiment like are things going to be insane for the next like in terms of workload work on that sort of stuff. Next yeah, 12 I mean, and 24 months, um, what's the sort of horizon? 24, 24 months. I mean, 
everyone's 2022, it's not going, it's not slowing down, right? Yep. I mean, the work is going to be consistent and you can't, you can't really see much of a slowdown. Although, you know, I suppose some sectors are always going to be different. Building services, I noticed, is not as, you know, it's a bit fluctuating, that sort of industry, but... But, but the majority of the others, and look, the Brisbane, you know, the Brisbane's got a great feel about it. Um, lots of developers from the southern states, you know, are, are here now hunting, you know, for projects. Um, we've got that little leeway from Sydney and Melbourne pricing from whether it's commercial or, or residential. So, you know, certainly even in the building we're in, in the city right now, there's two developers uh, and these are in the urban sector that have, have positioned staff here now um, and are just looking to acquire land to develop, you know. So, and that grows into the, you know, the Olympics, Olympics True. story, 2032. Yep. You, yep. You'll be competing in that, won't you, Josh? Yeah, mate. Five events, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that's going to, that's just that goodwill, that good feel in the background that's going to drive that sort of buzz. So, yeah, if you're in South East Queensland with this sector, um, it's it's good times ahead, isn't it? Yeah, so. and so, and so to people who are, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick your brains a bit yeah. in terms of hints, hints and tips. So for people who are considering making a move, moving mm. around, that sort of thing, what what would you recommend? How should they go about that process? How do they get the very best? Um, outcome for themselves uh, because obviously it's, I, I imagine without putting words into your mouth, it's an employee market at the moment where um, I think, I mean, you and I even talked to each other, it was probably six to eight months ago and you said that there was um, bidding wars happening for really good people um, and the salary just kept going up until, most, you know, the best man went, uh, one <laughs> kind of thing. What would you say to people who are thinking about moving? How would you approach that process? How would you get the best outcome? Yeah, look, it's a great, it is the best time. And this was what I, it's the best time to move. If you were really looking for something different or clearly a different job in the same industry or pivoting or, yeah, this is the time to do it. So I think you've got to, there's some hook. Clearly, you've got to be like, what you do with your clients is what, what is that? What do you, what does that look like for you? Like, uh, what job do you want to be in? And maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not the next job, it's the one after, you know, to get exposure to an industry or whatever. But I would I would look at it very strategically and say that I want to be, you know, I've identified certain businesses that do what I'm really interested in um, and go about approaching those businesses. Like, you've got to have some things like your, your LinkedIn profile is going to be professional. It's all the basic stuff, right? I mean... The CV these days is falling behind. I mean, I think sometimes we we, we place people and, and because they're sort of known in the industry, I, I think oh, we didn't even actually get an update CV. They didn't even need it. You know, they knew he was working at ABC. They knew he was working at Alaska. They'd seen him at events. A bit of a LinkedIn profile sort of gave that. So have a professional presence in, as far as you go. Out. Your network's... You know, your network's going to potentially be that link into that business. Um, yep. uh, but just be strategic about who you want to work for and not even the perfect actual, I don't know, I suppose you're an engineer and you're climbing the ladder, right? Senior principal, um, 
But just think about maybe the businesses you really want to be part of and, and, and approach those businesses with an open, you know, an open book about, you know, I've targeted your business, I'd, I'd really like to come in and talk to you. And I don't know a business that wouldn't engage someone that was relevant to, to what they're doing at the moment, right? So Right, so you're saying even don't worry about the fact that they might not have an ad out or they might not be actively recruiting. Just go and do the North Star thing, work out who you really want to work with or the values that that business has and and do a bit of research, talk to your network about um, who might meet those needs. And then what you're sort of saying, just go on. Go on. Well, you know, in in your network, like you would know two degrees of separation, someone that works in this business, um, you'd approach your colleague and say, can I get an introduction or can I hold his number at whatever ABC company and reach out to him on LinkedIn, send him a well-worded email and um, clearly, you know, you, you see what ads or whatever they're, they're looking for. But just just approach them. I think businesses uh, that are forward-thinking, the ones that you probably want to work with, uh, are going to be open in this market to, to meeting you and, you know, there's a if there's not a role right now, there's probably one coming up in two months. I mean, that's what right. my, the clients, uh, you know, are saying. And yeah, if, if someone was that narrow-minded that they wouldn't want to meet a great civil engineer or, or whatever, whatever you do, a construction advisor, um, yeah, in, in, in three months they, they will be needing one. So yeah, yeah, right. I'd approach okay. it. I'd approach it like that, and um, yeah, I think you'd only get success uh, from doing it. A lot of people are just. I suppose it depends on the stage of your career and your maturity, but waiting for an ad to appear, you know, on Seek or something that fits you, yeah, you just got to get in the queue, don't you, for that as well. Like, <laughs> jump through the process. Um, use your network. Um, the network is the key to introduction. And, uh, don't yeah, be shy. Yeah, don't be shy. I mean, clearly big, big companies have structure and process around recruitment, but I don't think... I think the same process can apply to relationship business. And, exactly. And the line manager, the technical line manager will always be, uh, they're the ones that are going to get pulled over cold if they don't meet budget. So um, if they don't have the personnel, um, so if you can get in front of them and it's clearly relevant, they're going to they're going to get you in front of HR or whatever you need to do. But yeah. And, and just and look, be transparent and recruiters, recruiting revival. You know, in this market, you can't do it yourself. So, yep. um, I think from an employee point of view, if you're looking for that opportunity, you may see that a recruiter has a special relationship or a, an exclusive relationship with a certain client, and they promote that brand. And um, which you do, do yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's sort of our model is more of a partnership. Uh, so, so you just got to do a bit of research, and then it's a serious. The rewards for you and that. Getting that that job or that that is is highly rewarding. So you're going to do a bit of work, a bit of research, yeah. a bit of time, uh, and you know, and, and the rewards will be there. So. Mate, I love that. I love that advice. Um, qu- question for you. In so this is fresh because my wife's recently um, she's about to change jobs in, yeah. in a similar sector to, to the one you know the engineering and construction sector yeah. and there was there was a there was a point at which you know a written contract was sent across um, 
my wife was like, I was really hoping for some more money and I was hoping for a few more of these different things. She did, um, I don't think she made that hand gesture, no. But um, I said, well, just ask. And um, the response was, well, I can't do that. Like, what if they say no? Or what if – and so um, – and I'm, I'm just using that because it's a fresh yeah, example. Yeah. But, like, I imagine that would go through so many people's heads is that this is the opportunity. If I'm going to move, this is the opportunity to – negotiate the best terms for myself as possible like what what advice do you have for people in that a negotiation space where you probably so like I do a lot of sort of pattern and belief work with my clients around you know the the people pleasing part of your personality doesn't want to ask those kind of questions because you want them to like you and maybe I'm feeling a little bit not good enough to ask for those conditions of employment or you know an extra five or ten grand What's your advice in this market to people who are a little bit timid about going into the negotiation yeah. space? It's an awesome question because it's happening in every negotiation. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, we have, you know, everyone is different, right? So we have had one today that signed up for it, what they were on already because they were desperate to leave. Uh, yeah, that was their target company, so they were happy to cross over. So it is a, it's a balancing act because people generally know the market, you know, there's a bit of a, the range clearly so um but look, look your advice to your wife and where you know if you're not happy or satisfied with the package if it's uh clearly go back in a professional way and say look it's a fantastic fantastic offer you made i'm really happy with the contract but i was i was hoping to i was looking for 125 i was looking for 140 to make the move across and justify the reason and if it's in that sort of general ballpark, I mean, we've had candidates that have been on, you know, let's say 100 for round numbers and they're looking to, to increase that to 160 or, or something like they're looking for. And it's, you know, purely down to they're trying to maybe take advantage of the market. Yep. Um, our job as recruiters, you know, you could try to deal with that pretty early in the piece before it even goes that far. But, um, and that, and if, you, if you're going a bit over the top, like... Uh, you know that can really sour the relationship. Mm-hmm. It can it can be a great point. You know, clearly the, the businesses are desperate for those resources, so um, they will bend and they will pay slightly over the odds. Doesn't mean you're going to pay rise for the next three years after you join. So that's the other <laughs> that's the other factor. But if you were a bit if you were, if that money thing came through as a real the number one driver, it can yeah. It may not be. It can sour relationships, can it? And, yeah. And they may they may relent and give you this pay rise that they um, won't forget. They won't forget, <laughs> and, you, and you'd be wanting to. Uh, you'll be making you pretty hard for that, and that and that may end. You know, that relationship may end, uh, end quicker because they're mm. satisfied with this. You know, did they get the 160k engineer, or are you still really 130k engineer? What yeah. you should have been paid. Yeah. So, Yep. So it's a balancing act, but just clearly ask. And yeah, it's a great, it's a great time to take a new experience in life and, and get a pay rise. Yeah. Yeah, like that you may, because we know that the bigger companies, there's tiered systems and um, fast moving, medium SMEs that are growing and um, can actually give you a look. SMEs don't pay worse than big companies, do they? They often pay actually better. So, yeah, yep, I've um, heard that. So that'd be that'd be my advice. Always professional, but yeah, clearly ask for a, a reasonable increment without taking the. Yeah.
So ask, well, sorry, step back. Don't, if you, if you really want more, don't be afraid to ask, um, but ask in a nice, in, in a, an appropriate way with some kind of backing or justification and see what, see what, see what comes back. Yeah, but also, right. like, yep. I mean, you've got a way to ask yourself, are you, in this market, most companies will be, uh, will be open to that. Yes. They'll put their best foot forward, but we all know the game of negotiation. Would it be, they've always, <laughs> there's always five or eight <laughs> to round that up, but it's a balancing act and it's, uh, it's, it's up to you whether, you know, the company you're with, you may be at a point where you're at the 10, right? Yeah. So yeah. Sort of going back to them, but yeah, politely asked, always professional, uh, and you'll, uh, you know, I'd say it'd be a fair chance of uh, getting a, a reasonable increment. Right? Yeah, good. Yeah. Mate, um, last question for you before we kind of wrap up, I mm. guess. Um, well, not this is actually, I lied. That's, I've got two more questions for you. Yeah. But to, to business owners or companies that are looking to, so we talked about this right back at the start, yes, the companies yeah. that are looking to position themselves above the rest, strongly in this market, obviously it's an employee market, um, you have to be doing things differently to attract really good talent uh, and positioning your team or your business above the other 150 people that are looking mm. for engineers or construction um, individuals. Like what, what are some tips for business owners or business leaders to position themselves above their competitors? Yeah, look, as we said earlier, it's got to be a consistent approach. Like yep. now, like to suddenly be a business that just, I don't know, look, maybe just post jobs when they need people. Like this is... You know, you've got to be constantly looking for people. Like, just you've got to be consistent from now on. We all need people, but this is with your resource. What's happening in a year? We're going to break into different sectors. Start looking at people, start expressions of interest. Um, basics like, do you have a? I'd say you've got to set up an ecosystem. I'd like call it a talent ecosystem. Basics do you have a careers page on the website? Good jobs, right? A lot of companies don't do that. They just post on Seek. So all your people, so your candidates' eyes are going on to Seek and looking at your job with all these other ones. Yep. So you've got to advertise. Like if you want to advertise on Seek, fine, but that's got to be read. You want people coming back to your website to get to know your staff. Um, so I'd be doing that, you know, your referral program, are you incentivizing your staff, whether it's financial or maybe a gift voucher, like, who do you know out there from previous business? Everyone knows it knows the industry. Utilize that. So, um, and and it's, you build that ecosystem around social media presence. But not all, not always just we're hiring. Like the most you know, the most boring sort of job uh, alert thing you can you can see. But you know, telling a story about your best designer or your your foreman or. Your, your front, uh, you know, your office manager or anyone, like telling the story about people is what people will want to join the company for. Mm, I love Any that. projects, like some unique subject matter, people. Um, yeah, we do engineering and, and stuff, but look, here's a shot from last Friday when, when Jimmy burnt some sausages on the barbecue. Right? I mean, that's, you know, that's real, right? Yeah, that's right. It's a human element. It's a human factor. It helps people see they can, they, you, they can picture themselves working there and being the person burning snags on the barbie. That's it. That's it. And, it, and the big thing, look, I've seen it with a, a company we, we have partnered with for five years. They made some pretty key hires uh, in the business. 
And then we, we noticed uh, a bit of a cascade effect where people started to recognise that, you know, Bill Bloggs had joined this company um, or, or Josh Stone had just arrived. And it's like people will notice that in the industry, right? Like Josh has joined, you know, CNC engineering. Oh, what's going on? Well, they look like a good bunch or, you know, and then it's that internal business where you're saying to Josh that's just started, um, Josh, who do you know in the industry? We're really, like, if you can empower your staff, it's just, you know, 10, if you've got 10 staff, do you know three guys or three girls that are in the in the design space? Oh, I know one, you know, you know two. So you've already got 13 people you know that are in your phone book that are actually verified performers. Um, I mean, that could solve the problem right there. Mm. And, and I, you know as well as I know, if you've got a relationship with someone and invite them, look, I'm really keen to catch up. Just we're expanding here. And look, just whether it's you or someone you might know, to the you're talking to the person. Yeah, great to catch up with you. You can tell me about it, and then you can, you know, how are you? Are you happy where you're at? Like it's just you've got that. You don't have to do anything new. And I think you have a basic ecosystem of talent for those things: websites, social media presence. But then the people within the business. You're only a couple. You're literally probably one phone call away from mm. there from the best people in the industry. But the people just have this default sort of, you know, if they're not empowered to do it, it's just, oh, you know, put an ad out and put an ad out and be disappointed. That's that's what's going to happen. Because <laughs> that, yeah, if you open for a miracle or just in people applying to random jobs, we would just wait. You know, we waiting for a while to grow your business towards the North Star. Yeah, that's right. So it sounds like, mate, um, to kind of summarise that, sort of piece of advice it and people probably don't want to hear this but it's not a short-term thing it's actually being quite strategic about how you position your team and your business on LinkedIn on the website think about really how you can portray the um, the, the personal the people aspect of your business to the marketplace and um, and then obviously encourage your staff and your team to talk to people in their network um, and empower them to kind of reach into their network about potential roles or opportunities. And, and I think that's that's important to recognise because if you do are looking to grow this year, you know, the best time to start doing this stuff was maybe a year ago. The second best time is to start tomorrow in terms of, um, well, thinking about that. If we do want to put on 10 people in the next, um, you know, just listened to an awesome podcast with with Josh and Michael and they reckon there's at least 24 months plus of awesome work ahead of us. So let's put some plans in place now to really showcase the people in our business, do the snag on the Barbie thing, get behind the scenes and do some, do some, um, you know, quirky videos and that kind of stuff to really showcase the, um, the capability of your business, the people in your business, but also, um, you know, what it's like to work there sort of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, that's it. And, and look, sometimes it takes someone to pull it together. So everyone's busy, the directors are busy, the managers are like, you can all contribute, but maybe there is someone whether they, they can pull, like, you know, someone's got to post this stuff, maybe you look to outsource it, you know? Like, yep. You know, yep. I don't know you're big on that. You could get someone to outsource your social media, um, give them the content to post. Um, I think your staff have got to take responsibility for reaching out to their networks. Uh, why wouldn't you? If you're passionate about working, why wouldn't you want to bring in someone, you know, you rate and respect professionally to come and work there? Uh, so 
that's got to be a little bit of a KPI for people, I think, to mm. deliver. And then, you know, there are different approaches with what we do with businesses from a, you know, to become a partner and, you know, different pricing models where we can do that. Yeah, there's, a lot of, there's running around, there's reaching out to people, there's target lists, uh, you know, to reach out, but there's, there's options out there to get someone to maybe tie the whole ecosystem together and drive it and keep people accountable because, you know, on projects you get focused on the delivery and, um, you know, you're still waiting for that miracle to happen on scene. So yep. you've got to, there's options to sort of tie that together and drive it and keep it keep it constant, but you'll get the results. It's just, it's right there in front of you. Yeah, awesome. Mate, love it. Um, final question for you. Yeah. And I haven't actually prepared you for this, so I apologise okay. in advance. What's so, that? <laughs> no, I'm sure it's going to have a crack at that. Uh, if you think back over your um, your career journey to date, and you had the opportunity to go back in time and have a beer or a coffee with the you know let's call it the ten year younger version of yourself, what advice would you give the ten year younger version of yourself, knowing what you know today? Yeah, just I, I, I think you back yourself. Uh, that'd probably be the yeah. I think look, that would be the the main thing probably. I think if I was going to go back and look, starting the business, I hadn't done it at that stage, but um, back yourself would be the main thing. Yes, it's self confidence in it to to do things and and fear fear and self confidence is sort of this you know tug of war. Yeah, you start the business. Oh, I've got the, you know, I've started the business, but then fear starts creeping in when I see the people walking there with getting their fortnightly salaries and stuff. And you get, you want to creep back to that. And I look, well, let's say three, three things: self confidence, the comfort zones. Are, yeah, that's an interesting place because um, uh, you want to. What you want to do is creep back to the uh, the employee. You know, go back to the regular salary that's comfortable. So, so it's sort of, it would be about backing yourself and, and being aware of fear and, and actually what am I scared of here? Um, and, and that can be down to simple things in business like reaching out to that client that you don't have a connection with or uh, a loose connection. And, and, you know, and that's just, sometimes it's just fear that's just ridiculous because what's, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Exactly. Like it's just like... And that's uh, there's a few things, but it's more around that. Mate. It's, it sort of revolves around most of them. Mate, yeah. beautiful. What, what, what's the worst thing that can happen? Exactly. Yeah. Mate, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you today. So thanks hopefully, for your time. Hopefully, there's some value in there. I've enjoyed. It's good, mate. I've enjoyed talking. Yeah. And where can people follow along your journey? LinkedIn, the best place. Connect with me, Michael Berger. Talent Blueprint is the business. Yep. Um, You'll be, you can send out some my details, yeah? Easy. 320 Adelaide Street, come and say hello, face to face. I won't wear a mask. I oh. I will, I'm sorry. I'm not even going there. All right, mate. Thank you so much. Um, have, mate, have an amazing day. Yeah, same to you, mate. Cheers. Hi there. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Don't forget, if you'd like some help growing yourself, your team, or your business even faster, head over to my website, www.coachignite.com for more resources. 
or book in a call and we'll map out a plan together for you to move forward with confidence. Don't forget also to hit the subscribe button so you get notified about future episodes. Take care, my friends, and see you again soon.